Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. That's youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, release them on YouTube, and then combine them into this audio podcast once a week for your listening enjoyment. We hope you enjoy it. If you do like the show, consider leaving us a five-star review and Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. It helps us out tremendously. And as a final reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks again for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, who doesn't want to go to Las Vegas and attend their prom night? Retro by Voldagio at uh, Mandalay Bay. They're bringing the 80s prom night. It's 150 bucks, which is a lot. And I think it only includes like one drink, but it includes your meal, dancing. I think you can even be the prom king or queen. Does this sound fun to you? Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, yes, more people are getting it. Let's bring back like retro stuff and make it cheap. And then I saw it was MGM and I was like, well, that's surprising. And then I saw the price and I was like, okay. <laughs> but no, it sounds like a cool idea when they say 150 bucks and then like you get one of the punch bowl drinks. I'm like, come on, you get unlimited punch bowl drinks. It's not that much to uh, mix up some stuff in a big bowl. And then they say like you can get a corsage or, uh, you know, unlimited drink packages and it's like 75 bucks for a corsage. So just go to a floral place and then uh, the drink package is $70 a person, which seems a bit steep, but it's probably not a terrible deal. I'm guessing the prices are going to be high. But it's your prom. I mean, come on, it's worth it. You know, you got to. <laughs> It's that one special day. <laughs> yeah, go buy your $100 dress at uh, Sears. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegans love to complain about the heat, but we've been in this heat wave, and it's been over 110 almost every day. And somebody on Twitter shared their power bill or their estimated power bill. I don't know if this is nice that the power company sends out this estimated bill just so you can know uh, what it's going to be. I guess you can plan your finances that way. But given what our power bills are running right now, I looked at mine. It's about twice as much as it used to be back uh, even last year or the years before. It's insane, insane. You got to take out a mortgage just to pay the power bill. (laughs) I don't know if it helps you much because they're like, hey, you have 15 days to come up with this cash. So it's not like they're giving you a huge... Heads up that the thing and I saw on Twitter, somebody said it hasn't dropped below 100 all month. And it's been over 110, like seven days when last year it was, you know, only three day, two or three days. So this heat wave is insane. You don't want to go outside and then you're paying like double normal rates. And what's it in the house? Like 78, 79. It's not even cool. <laughs> I was thinking I should use some of my cheap Caesars nights, those seven, nine dollar nights that I have midweek. It'd be cheaper to stay there than it would be to pay the air conditioner bill here at my house. Yeah, just pretend the power went out and then be like, all right, we got to pack it up and go to the hotel. I would definitely do it. Turn off all the air in the house and go go to the hotel for like a week. Yeah, go hang out at Harris. That's the problem, though, is the cheap hotels. Go stay at Rio for, for the next week. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe not. Maybe not. My pillows at home are a lot better, I think. So Bring them I'll with stick you. with that. <laughs> so did you see uh, the crazy fire at Fountain Blue? I was driving down the freeway the other day and saw it. And of course, it was all over Twitter. Lots of people posting videos of it. It was on the roof. And I think they put it out in under 40 minutes. Firefighters took elevators up there, which I think is sort of crazy. You know, I was just thinking about how difficult that job is going into a building like that, that tall to fight a fire on the roof. But they did a great job. And it doesn't seem like there's a crazy amount of damage. Nobody was hurt. So, uh, you know, a lot of us were scared that Fountain Blue might be damaged and be delayed, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. Yeah, and it's good that they were able to use the elevators because could you imagine having to huff it up all those stairs, you know, carrying all the stuff they carry? It's insane. But 
I have to imagine that, you know, they said it was scraps and stuff on the roof. Don't you think this heat wave with the sun just like reflected off some metal and then started a fire on the scraps of wood or uh, like something along those lines? That's what I would guess uh, caused this, you know, in my unexpert opinion. The number one question is, was anybody hurt? Which they weren't. So that's good. Number two question, was any carpet damaged during this fire? We will wait. We have our guys on the inside. So hopefully somebody will uh, let us know. I'm sure all the carpet is uh, good to go and Fountain Blue is good to go. So that's nice to see. There was a lot of people like comparing this to the Strat. If you don't know, Mark, the Strat caught on fire famously uh, while it was under construction. And it wasn't a minor fire like this. It was a major fire, huge amount of damage. There was always the big joke that Bob Stupak had done it for the insurance money, uh, although I don't think that was ever proved or, or anything else. But I'll never forget that day looking up and seeing the Strat on fire. I remember seeing Monte Carlo on fire, you know, a few years ago. Obviously, uh, Cosmo, I think there was a fire at the pool, big smoke. It's uh, sort of crazy, but it does happen every once in a while where you look over to the strip and you see smoke. Well, you got the old MGM fire. It's basically everything in Vegas has gone up in flames at some point. What was it? A couple months ago, they had that apartment complex that was getting built just completely engulfed in like this massive flame ball. And everybody assumed that was a maybe a insurance play or something. But that was the craziest fire I've seen. Yeah, that building has been torn down. I drove by there the other day. So it's pretty much all torn down already. Canada's got enough fires. We don't need any more. <laughs> so Westgate is in the news with their Christmas suite. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I watched the video, you know, the news went there and took some shots of it and everything. And it's just like everything you would expect at Christmas. You know, they have wreaths everywhere, a Christmas tree, decorations, ho 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 above the bed. Everything's red and green and plaids and all that stuff. And there's like even a little fireplace mantle all decorated up. So if you love Christmas and you get kind of jonesing for it, they say it's going to be all year round, not just like a Christmas in July and then bring it back in December. Like they're going to leave it like this. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it when places try to differentiate themselves. And, you know, why not do this? Uh, I wish more hotels. I mean, Christmas is a weird theme, but it's universal, right? Hey, so, you know, we have the store that's Christmas all year round up here in Michigan Bronner's. They even have a billboard in Florida for some reason. But yeah, you can go in there and buy Christmas decorations and get your name on a ornament and all this stuff. And it's 364 days a year. Go to Bronner's. It's Christmas. I've been there. It is a crazy store. <laughs> but yeah, Westgate Christmas rooms. Let's see what what's the next big themed room, maybe for the next casino to think of. What would be a cool themed room uh, for people to visit year round? I'm surprised they didn't do a Barbie one like six months ago to try to make some money off of that. Maybe Circle will keep their Barbie stuff going with a, a Barbie themed room. I think that would be that would be neat for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, so uh, it wouldn't be MTM Vegas without carpet, but I just wanted to do a quick update on the New York, New York carpet. We talked about a couple of shows ago because it's now been replaced. We talked about how they were starting that. And you can kind of see the old versus the new. The new is a lot more colorful, a lot more modern. The old was that industrial design. And uh, thanks to people who sent us that and posted it on Twitter as well. So yeah, there you go. New York, New York. It looks brighter, got high ceilings like you love. I, that's, that's yeah. a, that casino is made for you. Yeah, I do enjoy that casino, and I never really paid attention to the carpet. Like, when you see it from above in some of the pictures that I'm sure you're throwing up on the screen, the new stuff definitely, like, has, looks like Empire State Building. Like, it pulls in the New York theme, which I think is better. The old one didn't have anything to do with it. Didn't look like it fit, really. I mean, and you notice that when machines are taken out and you see it like a blank area. It looks like seashells or something. It's very it's very weird now that you think about it and, and take it in without anything obstructing it. Feels like a 90s, you know, industrial interpretation of New York. The old carpet does. But yeah, good, <laughs> good to see that. A great casino there. 
So uh, the sphere, real quick, we could talk about that. Somebody sent me this picture, and he claims that there's dead pixels all over the outside of the sphere. And you can see the picture. I'll put it up. I'll throw it up on the screen. But there's these white <laughs> blotches, and I'm assuming that's what he's talking about. I haven't heard anybody else mention this, uh, so I want to throw it out there and see if anybody else has noticed dead pixels. We also got a video of the inside of the sphere with the screen testing on the inside. And a couple of takeaways from that, we can't really see much, but that's that screen's gonna be incredible. I mean, the way it goes over you and everything. But that stage is small. Like, it's, it looks like a tiny stage. Yeah, it looks, you know, pretty small. But it does look like all the seats are kind of on top of it, which is nice. Like, it should be, you know, it, it, like it goes up, which makes sense in a sphere, but that it goes up more than goes back. So you're not, you know, you're kind of involved in everything. And I, I almost feel like, at the top, you're going to be like right under the ceiling with all the lights and everything. It might be better if you're still getting good, you know, views from the top. But who knows? You know, are they what are they going to do if you have a bad view? They can't put a picture of Bono up on the whole screen. That'd be really weird. Yeah, it'll be interesting if you're down low. You're not going to see nearly as much of the screen, right? Because it's going to be mostly behind you. So I wonder where the sweet spot will be, whether it'll be high up or towards the back of, of the orchestra bottom. I don't know. But uh, it's good to see that screen. And it's, you know, very impressive as we expected. Uh, hopefully we'll see some demos with some actual stuff not just the lines soon uh, as for the outside and the dead pixels i'm sure you know we saw a legion stadium when they opened the, their screen on the side of the stadium uh, it took them an extra couple months because there was a similar issue where there was dead you know spots and they had to fix it so maybe that's what this is or maybe that's just part of their routine maintenance or maybe on something that big you're just going to have a couple dead pixels i don't know yeah i don't i don't know how you go up and fix that that's gonna be a pain <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but looking forward i'm really am looking forward to seeing uh, what the experience is on the inside now that we've seen that they really did deliver what they said. We talked, what, uh, a month or two ago about how Formula One was coming and shaking down the county and saying, you know, we want you to pay for more of the construction work after it had already started, you know, and uh, the county agreed to negotiate, but I, I haven't heard anything about that since then. But a story came out in the New York Post saying that Formula One is going to all the businesses along the strip, like the bars that are out on the strip and anything basically with a view of the course. And they're saying that uh, you got to pay $1,500 per customer up to your maximum occupancy in order to be able to have your, your views of the Formula One race. And in the article in the New York Post, it even says that maybe they're going to shine lights at your viewing area. They'll build obstructions. Uh, they'll do all of this stuff to kind of keep your customers from seeing it if you don't pay the $1,500 a person. I was in the Grand Prix in Macau, which is not Formula One, very similar. But what I really noticed going around there was how they blocked off every viewpoint that wasn't from the stands. Like they have pedestrian bridges there they put up big wooden panels to block you from seeing them and i expect that this will be very similar but fifteen hundred dollars i mean what are, what, what are they going to do there's really nothing that you can do i mean you're going to charge two thousand dollars a ticket to go sit in your bar and watch the race yeah it's a it's a crazy amount and that that doesn't even include like people at the back part of the the patio that don't really have a view just kind of want to be out there for the atmosphere they're not going to see it you know you can't charge them fifteen hundred bucks to be in a back corner not seeing anything just hearing cars going vroom by so I, I don't know it, it's just greed and i i kind of understand you know they want to make as much money off of this as they can but also you know that's just the luck that they had of having that business there you just kind of have to go with it the only thing i can think of it that's somewhat similar is those buildings across from wrigley field that they built like uh, bleachers on top of and i went to look on that i was like do they take a cut of that you know how do they work that and wrigley field the owners wanted to try to block it but they never did and they ended up over the years, they bought most of those uh, and took it over for themselves. So they, you know, but there was a long time there that the people were paying tickets and they didn't take a cut of it. They just kind of accepted it. And I think that's 
kind of where you have to go with it or at least make it reasonable. At what point are we going to stand up for ourselves and say like, hey, you know, you're building a racetrack in the middle of a city, right? In the middle of the biggest tourist destination in the country, essentially. And now you're going to go to all the businesses and you're going to block them. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. They really haven't, I don't know, integrated themselves well with the community. Obviously, we've had months and months and months of construction uh, that have caused hassles everywhere. And, you know, all of this. And it's supposedly we're bringing in a billion dollars of revenue with this race lots of money that they're going to make. And I don't know, this just rubs me the wrong way, going to businesses. And then you have to pay $1,500 for your occupancy. So even if you're not full, you're still paying that $1,500 for every hypothetical person. It doesn't make any sense. This is a number that's so high that they know nobody's going to be able to pay it. Or I mean, I don't know. I mean, basically, you're just going to have to rent rent it out as a private party or or something because, you know, there's, I mean, again, what are you going to charge? $1,700 a ticket, including drinks or something? Just to sit in your bar. You could go get a ticket to the actual race for that. And that's the point because they want you to go buy a ticket to the race. Yeah, but aren't those all like sold out for the most part? Like, like this is just trying, they could have done 500 bucks a person, 250 a person, something along, or just a flat fee. Like, hey, this is the fee for this thing. It made it reasonable and they would have made their money and not upset people. And, and they could have charged, you know, 350 a head or something and included, you know, a dinner package or so or maybe $500 I think people would have paid that so they could have you know found that sweet spot this is just going over the top maybe they'll negotiate it down but I kind of feel like hey you're coming to the city if those people have a patio overlooking it you just have to go with it like you're you're going to get the fountain shooting in the back you're going to get the sphere as part of your race that's going to make it special and that all came with the city so you got that so you just have to give a little bit too I think the uh, Formula One is the new mob right I mean they're the new mob in Las Vegas they've uh Come in, they've taken over, and now they're shaking down everybody. You know, I'm excited for it, but they, they deserve to be shamed a little bit for this. And people out there in the comments, have you heard of this, like, happening? Does this happen in other cities where they do this? Have you heard about this for other sporting events? The race is going to be fun, Mark. It's going to be a great night. We can't afford tickets to the race because we got to pay our power bills. But uh, other than that, life is good here in Las Vegas. And let's finish with this, Mark. Did you see that 1991 in-room video from Excalibur? Vegas Visual, I think, shared it on uh, Twitter and on YouTube and uh, it's the in-room video you check in 1991 at Excalibur the it's not the dirty castle yet it's the clean castle still it's the new shiny beautiful castle you go there King Arthur is on the TV he's welcoming you he gives you an entire tour of the property and this is great because it's like what almost eight minutes long and you get to see the entire property the original midway down there uh, with the motion simulator stuff uh, the way the casino all looked when it opened a lot of good interesting uh, stuff there that i had forgotten about yeah you know who needs one of these still is caesar's palace so you can find your way back to your hotel room or get get out to the strip but no there's so much to love about this video you know 90s it starts off with the big 90s hair which is perfect and just like you know that it reminds you that the Dirty Castle was actually a place people wanted to go back in the day. Like it was the largest hotel in the world when it opened, had a lot going on. It just, and they made me want to go visit it. It just seems cool. It had all these different nooks and crannies and they show you how to get there in the video, which I, th- I think a lot of people go there and visit, walk through the casino, don't go downstairs, don't go upstairs, don't check out everything that there is to offer there. And there's hidden, you know, restaurants and shows and all that stuff. And a lot of it goes unseen. So I think that these videos were useful back in the day. Even get to see coin slots dropping out, a bank of pay phones on the wall. It was it was majestic. I mean, that's where I used to go as a kid. I used to stay at the Trop and we'd cross the street. And that's even before the pedestrian bridges were there. So I'd almost get killed. And that's the place I would visit, like exactly in that video. And it's so cool to see it. And you have King Arthur. He's dressed up, full theme. You know, he's doing the whole 90s acting thing like you would see like a, an amusement park ride or something like that. 
Uh, it, it just, it, it makes it, it's perfect 90s Vegas. You know, a lot of people talk about Mirage it is the first kind of mega resort that came to Las Vegas, but Excalibur was next and it really was a whole different scale and level and demographic and people that they were targeting. So it really did usher in that family friendly Vegas era where we saw things come along later like Treasure Island, MGM Grand uh, and some other stuff. So in New York, New York, for example. So yeah, this is cool. This is Vegas at its best, seeing it. Eight minutes, you guys got to watch this because this will bring you right back there. And you get to see the whole thing. It doesn't remind me of how kind of weird the layout of Excalibur is because where you go downstairs and where you go upstairs are in two different places. And, you know, it's all not so connected very well. But a lot of it still looks the same, though, which is kind of cool. Uh, a big sports book for 1991, too. Yeah, and all little TVs. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't notice or I never realized, I don't know if it's still there, the uh, the video ride. And it was the first one in North America to have that. And now you see those in theme parks everywhere. And it's it's very common. It's it, But back then, it was probably like mind blowing to go there and, and do that. Ed, did you ever ride it when you were a kid? Yeah, all the time. I was excited to see the footage in there. Uh, I don't remember when they took those out, but it was, it's been a long time since they did. And these were the very kind of early ones. Uh, you know, not Star Tours. Star Tours was already open by then. So, but just think about like a technology level below Star Tours. But yeah, just basically a thing that shook with a very blurry screen. But yeah, it was cool. It was family friendly <laughs> Vegas. It was the clean castle. And I'm sure all of you guys remember that. So, Mark, did you see that postcard that the Neon Museum shared? Of course, Oppenheimer came out this weekend, and Las Vegas used to be known as Atomic City. This is a cool postcard looking right down at Fremont Street with a big mushroom cloud in the distance. A reminder that people used to pay to come here, tourism, just to watch the, the testing. I mean, it would be kind of cool to see, I'm not going to lie, but also... How many of those people ended up having like deformities later in life? I don't, who knows? But yeah, what's better than coming and losing all your money and then paying to go get radiated? That was uh, Las Vegas's motto <laughs> before what happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. Such a cool town and so much interesting history. Then the aliens came. <laughs> <laughs> Internet was on fire this week as Whataburger announced that they are moving into Las Vegas. There's a couple interesting things here. Obviously, Las Vegas becoming the fast food mecca because we seem to be getting brands that are regional, but then they come to Las Vegas. I guess White Castle is a great example of that. And we have so many different burger places, different chains. But Whataburger is one that people from Texas swear about. It's like the In-N-Out of Texas. They, they say it's better than In-N-Out. I've only eaten there once. I don't know about that. But it's coming to Waldorf, Astoria. And Mark and I were just talking before the show. We think it's going to go to where that Bobby's Burgers place used to be. Another interesting thing, Mark, is it's owned by the Panda Restaurant Group. That's Panda Express or the parent company of them. And they say we're going to have at least four locations in Las Vegas. Yeah, you guys definitely do have a nice, you know, amount of, of a variety of fast food and everybody's favorites from different areas. Do you have a, a Fazoli's, though? That's what I need to know. I don't think you do. I We did have Fazoli's for a long time. I don't know. The one that's <laughs> near my house closed, but we may still have some locations around. But if we didn't, it's because it's not good enough man. to survive. Too much competition <laughs> here, Mark. They got to step it up. Yeah, it is not great food, but I, I do love the breadsticks. You know, they just keep bringing them around, filling you up. I mean. What's, that would be perfect at the end of like a 3 a.m. night. Just get Fazoli breadsticks, get like a basket of them. But no, and, and when I stayed at the Waldorf Astoria, that was one of the big gripes of the place is 
you know, they don't really have a lot of dining options there and you have to go out and walk a little bit. And, and we joke that like Bobby Flay couldn't make it in that building right out front, but it would be nice to have something there. So hopefully it does. It is a weird part of the strip that you're not going to get like a ton of people in that area. So it has to be something special to pull them in. Uh, but it would be nice for everybody staying at that hotel that you don't want to have to pay 25 bucks for a, you know, a hamburger at the, the pool. You pay 18 bucks out front. Yeah, and they're also building a Perry's Pizzeria and Tap House. Uh, this is a chain that's in a few states, but they have a, it looks like a couple dozen locations. So food and drinks, obviously going good with Whataburger. So Waldorf getting some love there. And, you know, this is all part of city center. So more stuff in that area. When will we get a Waffle House, Mark? When will we get a Waffle House? That's true. I mean, Vegas is made for a Waffle House. It, it blows my mind that it's not there somewhere. And they've made it to Arizona. So Waffle House, it's time. And you see all these other brands coming in. It's time to uh, to do it. So we talked about Oppenheimer. This was a crazy weekend at the movies, right? It went viral all over the internet. Barbie versus Oppenheimer. Went to see Barbie uh, yesterday at the Palms. And I wanted to talk about this really quick because the Brendan Theaters at the Palms is an all recliner theater, right? So it has the best recliner seats, I think, in the Valley. But what they do is really interesting. On Mondays, all day is $5 for tickets. But then Tuesdays through Thursdays, if you get a matinee before five, it's $5. Again, these are like luxury recliner seats. But the IMAX theater there, all the premium sound options, everything is $5 during this time. So you can go see an IMAX movie Oh, that's cool. uh, for, for $5. And it's a great theater. And uh, we t- went and saw the Barbie movie. Uh, we missed it. They had, a, like, apparently over the weekend, they had, like, the Barbie box you could get in. But they had taken that out, so we missed that. But it was a good time. And just a reminder, $5 movies, one of the best movie theaters in town. And the Palms is a really cool place. Why would you take the box out, like, as it's blowing up? I don't... You think you'd just leave it there. That doesn't make any sense. I guess Circa needed it. They probably shipped it over there. But then we left the Palms and drove by the Rio. And uh, it's looking worse than ever. That outside, I mean, that fading with the white, whatever is happening to the paint is worse than ever. So can't wait to see the paint start going up there. And we were going to drive by the Sphere. So we're going up uh, Spring Mountain towards the Strip uh, from the Palms. We went up Valley View. And then, of course, Spring Mountain is completely closed at the Strip because of the F1 construction. Like, completely closed because the road is completely done. So you cannot cross the Strip. You can't do anything. So they're diverting people through Mirage and Treasure Island. It was crazy. Thankfully, I knew a back way out, which involved passing the uh, apartment building that Mirage built around do you know the story of that that steve Wynn no, couldn't get the that. land for this thing so there's this apartment building that sits right in the middle of mirage uh, basically between two of the parking garages on the back of the property still there to this day so it, it turned into a fun <laughs> vegas experience even if we couldn't get to the sphere that sounds a lot like you know they built the the district was supposed to get built in detroit and there's this one house that looks terrible right in the middle like right around uh, caesar's arena you walk by it as you park and stuff and it just looks all torn down and the owner's been holding out to try to get paid and they were too cheap to do it and it's like what are you going to hold on to this? who wants to live in an apartment in between parking garages on the back side of a casino you know, like you think they would have struck a deal at some point. It's just, it's crazy. I don't know what the, the end goal is there, but that house, like take a million bucks. It's, you probably bought it for like a hundred K. Just take it, like take a reasonable markup. You don't have to hold out for billions. Well, at this point, that apartment building is buried so deep in the property and it's not in an area where there's any like public area, right? It's between parking garages. So I don't know what you would ever build there if you bought it. So it's just there. People live there. They have ever since Mirage opened and it's a little quirk if you're ever wanting to explore the backside of the property. And uh, I'll show you guys uh, some videos of that, but it was a, a fun time, but we didn't get over to the sphere. 
I wanted to show Ellie that, but uh, maybe next time. Construction's ramping up for Formula One again, so avoid the strip. So, We're talking ugliness. I'm so glad I'm going after that's all done, uh, you know, and hopefully all the construction's wrapped up, at least on the strip part, that, that should be all gone. So I couldn't even imagine, like, as it gets closer and closer, it's just going to get crazier and crazier. Yeah, for sure. What's also crazy is Zooks. Have you heard of this company? I believe they're owned by Amazon. And uh, they've been trying to build this future self-driving taxi for years. And we've had different companies test self-driving taxis with like safety drivers in Las Vegas, uh, partly because the weather is really good, but also because Nevada has no laws really requiring like regulation for self-driving cars. Like in California, you got to get all these licensing and stuff, but Nevada apparently (laughs) is just the wild west. But Zooks is interesting. They just started testing their robotic taxis in Southwest Las Vegas near their headquarters here. And this will be their first kind of big market to expand. Uh, Right now, they're just doing employees in California and here. But did you see this? It looks like a carriage. It's a driverless car. So it's not designed to ever have a driver. The passengers face each other. This is like the first sort of next gen, completely robotic taxi. Is uh, If uh, Bezos owns this, is uh, Elon going to want to fight him in a cage match too? You know, coming out with a driverless car in Vegas before him. Let's let's merge these two together and put these robo taxis in tunnels. And then the world will be cured. (laughs) But we will not only... (laughs) bring together the billionaires but we'll actually have a solution for our problems (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean it looks cool it it definitely i think this is the future i don't know that i would get in one at this time it will help with you know driver safety it will help with emissions because they'll probably drive you know better without revving up gas and all that stuff so there's definitely a lot to like of it and then also you get to hang out have a good time in this uh carriage while you're riding around so you don't care about getting stuck for f1 you know, because you're having drinks in the back or whatever. But I just don't know when will that be safe, you know, for most people. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to take years. But right now it's driving 35 miles an hour. The car can go up to 75 miles an hour no, on the streets in southwest Las Vegas. If you can figure out where their headquarters, it's within a mile of there. You should see those things on the road right now. And they're very recognizable. Uh, but I, I think it's interesting. It's more of a transit-oriented thing where you're facing each other. Um, obviously, uh, you can get one seat and then other people will be able to book other seats or you can book the entire thing. Uh, there's other like interactive things. Uh, there's chargers at every seat. They even said if you get the car yourself, you might be able to control the mood lighting eventually via their app. So a lot of interesting oh boy. next-gen stuff. So <laughs> let's let's you see know, how it goes. Yeah, I just envision that there's going to be a TikTok show or something of like speed dating in the, when they turn on the mood light and they get pick up some random people and they try to make connections connections and that i guarantee you within whenever this thing goes live that will happen all right uh, i can't wait so uh (laughs) sean's like yeah maybe not (laughs) so i'm just thinking about how this next thing how you would google this and how they might have a hard time kind of dominating the google rankings and that's this new swingers golf coming to mandalay bay Uh, this looks really cool although i think when people google swingers las vegas you know something else might come up but 52 million dollars that they're putting there five courses it's like an old country theme they said they're putting this in an old nightclub space so i wonder if it's the old rum jungle but this looks huge and cool and uh, it's nice to see at mandalay bay yeah the first thing i saw was swingers like the name and then vegas i'm like oh this is gonna be weird and then you see it's at mandalay bay you're like okay probably not what i was thinking uh, so it looks amazing. And I think they, they've tapped into something, you know, the, the co-founder in the article on Forbes said, you know, people want to do an activity or, or do something while they're drinking, having a good time. And I think that's why bar games are so popular and also why table games are popular because there's that camaraderie, everybody's getting together, hanging out and, and talking, chatting, and you're doing something while you're having drinks. And I think that's kind of what drives a lot of people to, to get into it. You know, same with darts or shuffleboard or anything along those lines. So I think this 
steps into that now 52 million seems insane for a putt-putt course but i know it's going to be like a club feature too so if they can get people that don't care about you know putting doing putt-putt coming in and, and spending money as well i think it'll be a hit yeah and this is a british company and they have two locations i think in london it started as a pop-up and then there's two locations in dc they just got a whole funding round so this will be their flagship location and uh, i guess it's a little bit different than our traditional putt-putts here i don't know how i was trying to figure that out in the article but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see it. And it's nice to see another venue like that. This seems like it's a step above those like kiss mini golfs or those like indoor weird things. This, this is a full on bl- experience. The black light. Yeah. <laughs> like the poster ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This looks a, a little bit nicer than that. And also good news for Mandalay Bay. Did you see the water feature outside, which is almost never used because there's so little pedestrian traffic at Mandalay Bay, but they've turned the water back on. I'm sad to say Mandalay Bay is one I've never really experienced from the street. I've, I mean, long time ago, but I haven't gone back and really like taken it in. And I think that's a, you know, a shame that we've noticed. I never want to go outside. So I try to do, you know, either the tram or I do the connect. Uh, tunnels and stuff through it though the walkways so when you're going through casinos you're not getting that full effect that they shot for and we've talked about this with like caesars and stuff and what they used to have out front and and so i, I do want to go back i'll be staying at luxor on my next trip so i definitely want to walk over and take all that in and and even at Luxor, you know, you don't really walk the strip as much as you used to. So you don't see all that. Yeah. And when these were built, obviously, Circus Circus Enterprises had a, a vision for creating that area of the strip. And slowly over time, they've sort of done away with that. And as you said, they built the trams, the area outside Luxor, not nearly as nice as it used to be when it opened with fountains and a show and water and all that. And uh, But it's good to see this because it had been turned off for a while. And then while we're speaking about golf, here was an update shared on uh, Twitter from Life in Las Vegas of the Atomic Golf that's going in near Strat, another big sort of venue, top golf-like place, and it's coming along. So probably before the end of the year, it looks pretty far along. No, I think that's a great location to have it too. You know, that area is growing up and it'll draw people to the Strat. You know, you got Arts District right there. So I think that's a good place to do it. And I'd rather probably go there than Top Golf on the Strip. I feel like it'll be a little bit less crazy, even though I know technically it's on the Strip. But uh a little less crazy, a little easier to get into, maybe maybe a little more hip. I don't know. Maybe they don't have a swimming pool, which I still find weird that Top Golf has a swimming pool in Vegas. I don't understand it. I don't know. You amuse me because uh, the Atomic Golf is technically on Las Vegas Boulevard, where Top Golf is not. So I, I, yeah. I, would, I would, if you I know had what I meant, though, like... on the strip, I know. I know <laughs> <laughs> when you were going back Main and heart, on it. <laughs> north part, yeah. So uh, Johnny Katz is back with a uh, a rumor. Now, remember the last time we covered a Johnny Katz rumor, and this guy is the entertainment reporter for Las Vegas Review Journal. He's all over the place. He has connections everywhere. But he said that Celine name, Dion too. was going to be coming back, and he really <laughs> led us down a bad path there. But he says there's going to be a big executive change coming at a big resort in the next few days, and uh, he says it in a large fashion. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Hopefully he doesn't steer us wrong. Although at least this time he didn't mention a name, so if nothing happens, he has a little bit more deniability. It's got to be Wynn going to Fountain Blue, right? Somebody jump and ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Wynn is taking over as CEO of, of Fountain Blue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Although man. that's not possible, but we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a little later. But yeah, that'll be interesting. So hopefully we'll cover that if something big happens. Vital Vegas was talking about this New York Times article talking about influencers and their effect on stuff. And this is really, really heavily felt in Las Vegas. One of our most popular tweets on our show Twitter account was just asking influencers to disclose when they get stuff for free, uh, something that we always have done. Uh, we don't really go to like restaurants in Vegas and say, give us free food uh, in exchange for coverage. We don't really do that with anybody. Uh, we try to you know, give our honest opinions. And if we do have a relationship, we disclose it up front. But this is becoming a big problem. 
But it's also becoming a problem from the side of the restaurants, right? Because they're giving free food and their employees aren't often getting tipped or they're not being treated well. And uh, I don't see how this ends well. Uh, we saw it in the travel space where eventually brands got a little bit more mature with who they worked with. But it seems like there's just a lot of restaurants who are desperate for their content. You know, they film a, what, how much could a commercial cost? Or you could just give a free meal to a TikToker and hope that they do a nice, you know, video for you. So it, it's tough. But the one thing I would say, do not believe anything you see on TikTok and Instagram as far as taste or anything. Use those to like see the place, see the food. Don't believe anything they say. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because you can do it in the right way. A lot of them don't. And then if you're getting paid on top of that, that should be a sponsored ad and you should label that as sponsored. Like that's a commercial that somebody's paying for you to do, basically. So it's tough. And everybody was on board with this and, and trying to get influencers to get their name out there. And it worked for a little bit. But there's so many fake followers out there and so many Instagram people that don't get a lot of you know, traction when they post something. So it's like you, you, you see this person with 1.3 million. You're like, Oh man, that's a lot of people coming to my restaurant. And then you do it and they don't really give you much. Or it's hard with Vegas because somebody might see that and then they don't go to Vegas for six months. So you might not see it initially or right away. So it's hard to judge versus like Freddy, the pizza man in this area, they had that one bite and his place blew up like immediately. So it's kind of like, it depends on who it is and where they're coming from. Uh, so it's kind of, it's interesting to see it definitely tough to navigate for both sides, really. And those are the best things when somebody like Dave Portnoy or any big person goes into a place naturally and just gives it coverage, right? Where they're not, you know, paying or having a relationship with them. Uh, you know, I think these are great ways to learn about stuff. I've learned about a lot of restaurants uh, from, from these things, but you know, I, when they say it's the most delicious thing ever, and we know they got it for free, but they didn't disclose that. And we don't like, I don't believe that, right? I, I, I go a little step further, but it could be a good discovery tool. But yeah, just just be aware. Influencers are not evil, Mark. They're not evil. That's true. But they can they be. They kind of are. They are. Um, uh, no, uh, I did notice on Twitter, like uh, somebody below said they're a GM of a, a strip restaurant or whatever, and they get requests all day from influencers trying to get free meals and stuff. And it's just, it blows my mind. I, you never really think of it from that aspect. Like how annoying would it be to get 20 emails a day and you have to like vet them to see if any's worth it? I'd almost just say no to all things just to make it easier. Yeah, yeah. So let us know what you guys think about influencers. I'm really curious about our audience, how much content you take from YouTube, obviously. There's YouTube shorts, but elsewhere. And, you know, how do you feel about when somebody takes something for free and they don't disclose it to you? And then let's close with this. Steve Wynn is out of Nevada. We talked uh, earlier about how uh, he couldn't take over as CEO of Fountain Blue as a joke, but he has made a deal with the Nevada state regulators, basically paying a $10 million fine for his alleged sexual harassment stuff, and he'll never be able to have a gaming license in Nevada again. So this is like the end of his journey, right? I mean, this guy, you know, rose to prominence very famously sold, you know, a parking lot to Howard Hughes, built this empire with Bellagio and Mirage and all of that, then built this new empire with Wynn, casinos in Macau, the best hotel complex on the Strip. And uh, he was even going to build that lake for you, Mark, that got taken away. Yes. But uh, he's sad. gone. He's never, the lake is never going to happen now. You never know. Somebody might be crazy enough to to drain Lake Mead and move it over to the, the boulevard. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And you know, it was coming like, you knew nobody was going to let him do anything in Vegas again. Probably anywhere i mean he's 81 i think now so there's not much he could do anyway but you know he even though he's seems to be a scumbag 
we'll just say because it's, you know, cover our butts, but he, he has a lot to do with Vegas and, and what created it and kind of the vision you see out of it now came from Steve Wynn and building these mega resorts. And I didn't realize I just did a little research before the show. He didn't become a billionaire until after he sold all the stuff. When Wynn went public is when he became a billionaire. So like 2004 or something, which kind of blows my mind because he owned Bellagio, he owned Mirage and all that stuff. And I know it was a public company, but it just, you think it would have happened sooner. So he didn't really hit the B status until later in life, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that was a big thing for him. He took a lot of his money or almost all of his money, I think, when he got forced out of Mirage and put it into the Desert Inn and then Building Win. And obviously his big payday was when that went public. I guess in Mirage, he had diluted his ownership stake enough. That's what allowed Kerkorian to come in and kick him out. But he said it with Win that would never happen. And then, of course, we end up here. He owns none of Win. Uh, he has nothing to do with the company, and he's not Sick even allowed to have Sean. a gaming license. No, I, it's an interesting like rise and fall. Yeah. Uh, we know that I love his properties. I think he nobody can argue with his vision, and it's really uh, sad everything that he allegedly did. And you know, Win paid a twenty million dollar fine a few years ago for the allegations, uh, and now he's paying a ten million dollar personal fine. But yeah, the end of an era. So let us know what you guys think about Steve Win down there too. Uh, is this a well, big we, deal or is it his time is gone and he can go live his days out in Florida? Yeah. And the crazy thing is we've talked about Bellagio and how it's kind of fallen off a bit and, and how it's not our favorite place. But imagine if he owned it throughout the entire time up until his ouster. Like how much different do you think Bellagio would be? How much better do you think it would be? And that just goes to show like what he was able to do uh, within Vegas. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. You got the good and the bad. There's no black and white here. Lots of bad with this guy, lots of good with this guy, but you can never deny the impact he had on Las Vegas, and the era is over. Thank you for listening to the MTM Vegas podcast. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube, where we release the show twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, and all of our Vegas content can be found at mtmvegas.com. That's posts, podcasts, videos. See you there. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time.